ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय Okay so we are finishing the uh, Rudra Gita and then going on to something totally different in the next chapter the uh the protectors well not no Pachini Bahisad and King Paranjana and Narada Muni and all kinds of things like that I'll try not to make this too boring for you guys today okay okay maha no not you the young lady behind you <laughs> you i don't worry about <laughs> uh 42460 okay so um my dear lord who's speaking yeah the impersonal brahman spreads everywhere like the sunshine or the sky and that impersonal brahman which spreads throughout the universe and in which the entire universe is manifest is you so right so that's that's you know a really important point like we could just read this and go on to the next verse but um there's a lot of people in this world maybe the majority of people who are at least somewhat theistic who think that the ultimately the supreme is impersonal but can you can anyone like look around this room and was everything in this room created by a person or by an energy like the paintings did that happen was that by a just by the brahman the impersonal energy or was that or did a person have to do that a person with a brush yeah, what about these these new decorations for the temple room you like Yeah is that, that that just happened one day cuz like the you know we just prayed to the impersonal brahman and came about no if you think about it um you know everything that we see kind of quote unquote manufactured is is by a person right you know somebody had to design the fan and 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 then figure out how electricity would come into this room and the tiles on the roof and and you know these uh you know what we didn't you know just like um order these tiles from the from the brahman and they just showed up one day right every you know so every so you know when uh so brahman the impersonal energy is a real thing it but it emanates from krishna brahmano hi pratishth aham so it's something to remember because we, we the tendency is to uh <laughs> there's a lot of reasons but you know to try to think of the supreme as impersonal right but i think the main one is just that if god is a person then that means you know he or she or they have their likes and dislikes and you actually have a relationship with them right and sometimes you kind of want to leave like well you know god okay you know keep you know keep him at an arm's length a little bit cuz you know uh if there's really a personal god then and then then like what's my relationship with that personal god and if it's like servant ah servant no right right for those of us who have lived in india we know what it's like if you say that you're a servant 
that's like, you know, that's not the high, you know, what's your, what's your occupation? Oh, I, I, I serve this uh, well-to-do well -to family. Oh, really? Too bad. <laughs> right? It's not like the highest uh, thing in the world to be a servant. Right? Um, but, when, when, but when we understand who God really is, who Krishna really is, then being his servant is, is you know, better than being a king. Right? It's the topmost thing. Right? So here, Lord Shiva's confirming this point, you know, that uh, the, the universe and the impersonal Brahman manifest from Krishna. Prabhupada writes here that here is a common example. A successful businessman may have many factories and offices and everything rests on his order. If someone says that the entire business, business rests on such and such a person, it does not mean that the person is bearing all the factories and offices on his head. Rather, it is understood that by his brain or his energetic expansion, the business is running without interruption. So, Krishna arranges through his energies and things. For He, he doesn't have to say, okay, I've got to get up early because I've got to make sure the sun rises in uh, you know, Washington, D.C. on time today. Right? That's all, it's on automatic pilot, so to speak. Uh, cruise control. Right? Krishna's dancing with Radharani, that's his main job right yes any thoughts on this okay my dear lord lord shiva says you have manifold energies and these energies are manifest in manifold forms with such energies you have also created this cosmic manifestation and although you maintain it as if it were permanent doesn't the world seem pretty permanent Um, you ultimately annihilate it, right? The, uh, time is cyclical in the Vedic concept, right? So maybe, uh, anyway, in the, in the next universe, maybe the, the nationals are having a parade. <laughs> you know how Krishna has, <laughs> Krishna has his pastimes in every universe, right? So. Um, you alter, okay. Although you are never disturbed by such changes and adulterations, the living entities are disturbed by them, and therefore they find the cosmic manifestation to be different or separated from you. My Lord, you are always independent, and I can clearly see this fact. So this is realization. This is like when Vyasadeva saw Krishna and the material energy fully under Krishna's control. That was his realization, right, in the first canto. So here Lord Shiva says, I can clearly see this fact. You know, so it's great. This is what's so cool about the Vedic literature and, and reading it is we may not have that realization, but we can read about people who do have that realization. If we take it on faith, we can, you know, at least get a glimpse. So here he's saying, I can see this fact clearly. This is Lord Shiva. This is like the supreme uh, authority in the universe. My dear Lord, your universal form consists of all five elements. What are the five elements? Yeah, earth, water, fire, air, ether. Yeah. And when you think of, we've talked about this before, right? Remember, you think about those, they're all so powerful, right? Like water, um, you, first of all, you need water, right? 
We all need water. But it's also so powerful. Like, look, look at this, this, this temple room was a mess because of water. Right? What to speak of, like, the floods in places like Mumbai and, and Bangladesh. And, right? Or even myself, you know, we have a humid, dehumidifier in, in our basement. Right? And so it fills up with water. And just, you know, it's just a little tub this big at the bottom. It weighs a ton. Right? Water is a heavy element. Right? And similarly, fire. You need fire. You need fire to digest. You need fire to cook. Right? But fire can be super destructive. What's going on in California right now? Right? Fire can be really, really destructive. So it's a powerful element coming from Krishna. What's another one? Air. Right? Look what uh, air did to New Orleans. Right? With Katrina. Right? Uh, of course, it was also water. Right, but but or 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 a, a tornado. You see what a tornado. We need air, and sometimes, right? If it was uh, ninety degrees right now, we'd have these fans cranked up, right? And we say, "Oh, thank you." Right? Yeah. But sim but air can air so air can be really pleasing, right? Like a nice summer breeze, right? Seals and crops, summer breeze. Yeah. Uh, you remember that? Uh, <laughs> um, but it can but it can also be so destructive. Right. Even I was driving to New Brindavan uh, day before yesterday, and there had just been like a, a he that heavy storm that hit us also hit uh, there, and there's so many trees in the road and things, you know, all from wind. Right. So all the elements that Krishna, you know, that Krishna creates this world with, they're powerful things. Um, the senses, mind, intelligence, false ego, which is material. And the Paramatma, your partial expansion, who is the director of everything. Yogis, other than the devotees, namely the karma yogis and jnana yogis, worship you by their respective actions in their respective positions. It is excuse me, stated both in the Vedas and in the Shastras that are correlates of the Vedas, and indeed everywhere, that it is only you who are to be worshipped. That is the expert version of all the Vedas. Next verse. My dear Lord... You are the only supreme person, the cause of all causes. Before the creation of this material world, your material energy remains in a dormant condition. That's, what, that's called what the uh, pradhan, right? When your material energy is agitated, the three qualities, goodness, passion, and ignorance, act, and as a result, the total material energy, uh, egotism, ether, air, fire, water, earth, and all the various demigods and saintly persons become manifest. Thus the material world is created. And Prabhupada writes that there is only, listen to this, this is so interesting, uh, there is only a material world for those who want to imitate the Lord and become enjoyers. Imagine having that vision every day you go out to work, things like that, right? So, you know, there's only this material world because we want everyone I'm running into all day, we're all trying to imitate Krishna and become ourselves independent enjoyers. Indeed, the material world is nothing but forgetfulness of the original Supreme Personality of Godhead, the creator of everything. And there's so, you know, we've talked about that. There's so many distractions, including the Nationals Parade. So many distractions. Right, to, to get us to think of anything except that there's the Supreme Personality of God. The distinction between matter and spirit is created by the sleeping energy of the Lord, 
the sleeping energy of the Lord. When the Lord wants to give some facility to those living entities who want to imitate the Lord in his enjoyment. Probably gives the example, right, that sometimes like a, a, a young child, you give them like a, a fake, not a fake, like a toy kitchen, and they can be cooking things and things like that. So that's kind of like what this world is like. There's a real world, spiritual world, but this is like a toy kit where you can you know, keep yourself busy trying to be God or trying to enjoy like Krishna does. You know, but it, the real thing is, a, you know, the real thing is elsewhere. And also, it's, uh, let's see, who's, who's going to take uh, the, um, the uh, feast today? Only one person? You're not going to take the feast? Yeah, okay. Are you hungry? Who thinks they're going to be quite hungry by uh, 2 o'clock? Okay. So what if we do this instead, okay? What we'll do is, instead of um, giving you the prasadam, we'll take a picture of it and we'll send it to your phone. How does that sound? Will that satisfy? Yeah, you can <laughs> eat your phone. <laughs> right? Is that a good idea? Right. Or, or we'll put a mirror, uh, and you just you know, have a mirror of the prashadam as you're going through the line, right? And you know, yeah, okay, you get the idea. So, so I, I you know, we're laughing because it's 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 ridiculous, right? But it's kind of what we're doing every day, right? It's kind of like there there was a song, uh, looking for love in all the wrong places. So that's kind of what we're doing. We're we're looking for satisfaction in the mirror or in in the photo uh, rather than actually getting the nourishment of the real deal and um, connecting with Krishna um, is like to actually taking the, the, the meal so one way to look at things as I'm reading I think I told you I'm reading this book by Sachinandan Swami the living word that you're reading also um, is that if we think of it, I think this is kind of a neat way to think of it, that um, everything I'm trying, I want to do, everything I, I do, this is like a, so an exalted spiritual consciousness, is, to, to, is in developing my relationship with Krishna, my uh, sambandha, my connection with Krishna. And therefore, I just reject and accept everything in this world uh, based on that criteria that whether it's going to give me closer to my connection with Krishna or not. And, you know, if we understand that really, um, um, it's not esoterically, what's the word I'm looking for? Existentially, that's the word I'm looking for, existentially. Existentially, that's our only, you know, we really are the proverbial fish out of water. You know the whole thing that you can give a fish a Mercedes-Benz, you can give them, you know, 10-course feasts. You can, you know, uh, whatever. You can give them a 72-inch curved flat screen, not flat screen, curved screen TV. The only thing the fish wants is to get back in the water, right? And so that's really what we want in our hearts of hearts. We think we want the Redskins to at least win one game, or we think we want this, or we think we want that, or, you know, the latest iPhone or whatever. 
And those, you know, we may need those, we may use those things for our life and for Krishna's service, sure, that's fine. But what we're actually yearning for is that relationship with someone who will never let us down, right? Never, you know, never let it, can you imagine how, because, you, you know, any relationship, there's some give and take, and there's good times and bad times, right, and, and all that stuff. But uh, if we have the right consciousness with Krishna, it's only good times. And that's actually what we're, you're, you're, that's, that's the yearning of the soul. That's actually who we are. But we get distracted by so many things. And we, and we have that existential, like, you know, I, I think our ego kind of says, you know, hey, if I really become a devotee like that, that's heavy. I gotta like give up a lot of stuff. Not give up a lot of stuff, but I gotta change my the, the way I see the world. I don't know if I'm ready for that. Right. So luckily, it's dire dire. You know, you could, there's a there's a gradual process in Krishna consciousness. It's not just light switch off or on, but you know, ado shraddha tata sadhu sangha bhajana kriya narta nivritti nishta ruchi ashakti bhava prema. These Nine, nine stages? Nine, bunch of stages. All right, so let's see. Um, I got off on that tangent a little bit. It is only for them, that means us, <laughs> that this material world is created by the dormant energy of the Lord. For instance, oh, this is it. I, I, I know I must have just read this. So, that, For instance, sometimes children want to imitate their mother and cook in the kitchen. And at such a time, the mother supplies them with some toys so that the children can imitate her cooking. Similarly, when some of the living entities want to imitate the activities of the Lord, this material cosmic manifestation is created for them by the Lord. That's one of the amazing things of Prabhupada's books. In one paragraph, the whole reason for this universe is, is explained. You know, it's, it's, it's like Burphy. Actually, but, I think I have some Burphy in here, by the way. This, yeah, everyone... Everyone who stays to the end gets some Mahaprasad uh, from New Vrindavan. But you know, Burphy is such, is this much milk, right, condensed to this? So sometimes one paragraph of what Prabhupada says takes like, you know, like a, a Purana and he puts it in one paragraph, something like that. So some thoughts on this? Yeah, give you some exercise, Andy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just pointed out, we've already pointed this out before, but since you brought up the yearning yes. that we have for material things, but the other side, the duality of that is the disappointment, because even millionaires commit suicide. Even you have the Mercedes Benz, all yeah. the flat screens, yeah. <laughs> because the other side of that is a disappointment, because what you're yearning for is not really what you want anyway. Right. So, and I, I, let's, I won't ask people to raise their hands, but let's be honest. I bet you, every one of us, I bet you, that's not exactly a Krishna con I would assume that, um, any of, uh, that you know, we, we all wanted something, whether it was that car or that phone or that relationship or that, that designer cl clothing or something like that, right? And it's really the anticipation and the, the concept of it is much more intense than actually when you get it. You know, after you get that new car after a while, it's like, okay, Ram Ram. Right? You know, or whatever it is. Uh, uh, isn't, uh, isn't that, we have that experience? You know? Right? Whatever, you know, it is. Uh, because that's not, 
ultimately. But it's, it's, we're still the, the kids playing with the, uh, the toy kitchen like that. And again, there's nothing wrong with wanting something, good things in Christian service. Even Prabhupada once said that uh, if, you, if you buy cheap things, you cry, you cry many times. If you buy good quality things, you cry only once. Right? When you pay for it. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, yeah, yes, do you want to add? Yeah, and just the same thing you're saying. Even the kid is very truly happy with a toy kitchen. But he can't play with that his entire life. Eventually he can't play with says, it his entire life. That's true. Yeah, eventually, yeah. He's, I don't like the kitchen anymore. <laughs> but I remember, you know, um, my 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 family is you know well to do. My brother and his his sister in law are both lawyers, and I can remember young. You know, he actually had very very lovely children. But I remember when they were you know uh, growing up and they'd get some all kinds of things for Hanukkah, and you know after a couple of days it's on the shelf, and, you know. I think I can. I think I can remember that also growing up. I really want the latest toy, whatever. In those days, who knows what it was? Slinkies or Etcho sketches or something. <laughs> um, but after a while, yeah. Okay, so we're up to. Oh, uh, Jiva, did you say? Yeah, sorry. Hare, Hare Krishna. So one of the things you said is like key. If you have the right consciousness, then you have only good relationship. Because the consciousness, you know, when non-devotees, they're looking at lordship, or materialists looking at lordship, they are seeking, you know, looking at him as an order supplier. I want yes. this and I want that. Yep. And then there is this disappointment. If you get it, there's disappointment. If you don't get it, there's disappointment. Yeah. But that's just right. because they are asking the lordship, there's some purification happening. So there's a benefit even there. Right, you know, they, they have that, give me a house by the sea, Swami Jai Jagadish Hari, give my wife a new sari, and a flat screen color TV. <laughs> right, right. Swami Jai Jagadish Hari. Right, so, we, so that's karma. I mean, it's better to pray to God than not to pray. Um, but obviously the best thing to do is to pray for service and pray for a relationship rather than material things. Yes? Um, I, I have this question, Prabhu. Help me to understand. There's I'll something. Try. Um, <laughs> this material world is temporary and then this illusion uh, and this is not where it's, we get... It's illusion in the sense that it's temporary. And yeah. then we know we don't get real enjoyment. The real enjoyment is only different, like real world, like with mm -hmm. Krishna. I understand that. And then, like in that case, in Krishna Leela, all the gopis and all the uh, gopas were like descended. They're all like demigods. And they were performing leela and they were like reciprocation and enjoyment. Mm -hmm. Why they were trying to enjoy in the material world, like if it is there is a real world, they can enjoy there. And like I'm trying to um, understand what, what, is the, what, is the, what would be the reason that they would be coming and try to experience that in the material world. Demigods are not... Uh, you know, you you were a demigod sometimes. We all were. <laughs> you know, they're they're conditioned souls like everyone else. But not all. Um, some of the yadavas were demigods, right? But uh, in in Vrindavan, they're all um, uh, uh, ragatmika devotees. They're eternally. Uh, well, of course, there's different categories of uh, gopis, right? Uh, sadhana, something you know, and then. I, don't, I forget the categories, but some, 
attain perfection by sadhana and some are just eternally perfect. Um, so I, I'm not sure I get your question. So the like, demigods during Krishna's leader, they wanted to get Krishna's association. Right, so they want to get Krishna's association. Yeah. And they are descended all the way to the earth yeah. to have that association. Right. Particularly gopis, they're all like want to have good time with Krishna. And well, they want they to would, a good time with Krishna means to serve him. Yes, serve him, like, you know, experience yeah. serving. But the service takes, just like Yashoda is serving Krishna when she's chasing after him and minding him and saying, naughty boy, that's a service. It's not like, you know, us, you know, <laughs> you know sweeping floors. I mean, you know what I mean? Uh, it's, yeah, and the gopis, when, when Radharani is, you know, chastising Krishna or, you know, you know, calling him a debauchee, that's service. Ekala Ishwar Krishna or Sabritya. Is that all right? Yeah. They were like trying to enjoy. Uh, my question was why they were trying to enjoy in a material world. That's when they can experience something on the real Well, world. the demigods are, are, are um, not necessarily pure devotees. So they have a little uh, kitri going on. Some, you know, they want to enjoy a little bit. They want to serve Krishna. They're devotees. They're, you know, isn't that true of us? Raise your hand if you're totally 100% pure devotee. All right, so that probably means that we have a little, the, you know, what, we're not as exalted as the demigods, but um, we have that that uh, tension in our life also. We have one boat firmly in the boat of Krishna consciousness and one boat firmly in another consciousness, and we're kind of like, mm. <laughs> you know, sometimes, right? Any other thoughts? Microphone. So I actually feel that uh, since the material world is still part of the spiritual world, it does not, for them, I mean those who are close associates, for them it does not matter whether they are enjoying him in the spiritual world or in the material For For them, uh, it's like just equal everywhere. That's true. So I think that's why, for them it does not matter. For us it matters. For for, them, it that, that's matter. true. For a pure devotee, just like it says, uh, Vishva, Purna Sukhayate, right? That one, that for a very advanced devotee, they even see the material world just as full of happiness because uh, just like, you know, uh, electricity, sometimes it cools a place and sometimes it heats a place, but it's all coming from the same source. So even the material world, for a pure devotee, they see it as they're in, in the lap of Krishna still. I yes. just wanted to follow on. To, Go ahead. I don't know the answer either, but... Uh, it, it involved in your question is you're assuming that because they're demigods they chose they said okay let's go down to earth now and dance with Krishna but like we chose to come here we don't remember it though but we're told that that's our choice because we didn't want to enjoy the other way mm -hmm. right and there's some purports about so, that in the next so chapter so maybe the demigods don't really remember the choice and they're like here like us and like, okay here I am well yeah they're, they're <laughs> Sakama devotees but you know at the same time they're very exalted so even when we read all about Indra's mistakes, and he certainly makes a lot of them. Uh, we remember that he's, we're not him. <laughs> okay, more? Um, one is, uh, one thing that came to my mind is, actually the enjoyment was running after them, uh, after gopis. Enjoyment was running after them? Yes. What do you mean? M meaning, they are not enjoying, they are trying to serve Krishna. 
But we have to we have to uh, define the word enjoyment. This is always sometimes a problem, right? You use we can use words in different ways. Yeah, like so you, you Prabhuji, Luckily, he used the word real enjoyment, right? So that kind of clarifies things a little bit, right? But but prema, you know, love for Krishna, and the word enjoyment, they really shouldn't be so connected because it's you know different. It's, yeah, it's like uh, iron and gold. Yeah. Yeah. So they're in prem, that's because of their love. Uh, and then we we hear that, that Ananda is running after them. Yeah, okay, and yeah. happiness running after yeah. them, yes. Now the, the cool thing is that sometimes we forget this, that we have, it is our birthright to have that same Relation. Krishna Prema. Yeah. Krishna Prema, uh, Nitya Siddha Krishna Prema. Sadhu Kavanoi. It's actually right there in our heart already. It's in everyone's heart already. Just, you know, it's covered over, but it's there. And it's our, it's who we really are. So sometimes we think, wow, it's just like sometime way out there somewhere. No, it's right, it's right here. But we have to uncover it. And about the yearning, Prabhu. Hare Krishna. Uh, to realize that actually our earning is to be uh, in relationship. Earning or our yearning? Yearning. Oh, okay. Is to be in relationship with Krishna. That yeah. takes a lot. Yeah, it's, it's the price to pay. Yeah. What, what is that verse? Krishna bhakti rasa bhavata miti kriyatam yena kutopi labhite tatra loyam apimuhu apimuhyam ekalam Jamakoti Sutri Tire Na That loyam, or what does loyam mean? Greed. That is the price to pay for spiritual life. Greed for pleasing Krishna, greed for being with Krishna. That, as you're saying, takes some work. Right? Yeah. Another Rupa, did you have a? Hare Krishna Prabhu. So Hare I Krishna. wanted to say something about Prabhu's question. Uh, so that was why? a really good question. Huh? Really Everyone good wants question. to talk about his question. Yeah, made everybody. I don't think I answered it that well, but go ahead. <laughs> so it's not an answer, actually. It's just a comment and a question with it. I so, love those, connect, those uh, dual So it seems like, uh, I mean, we have been studying from all the scriptures that due to our desires, we take birth in certain form, like even being born right now, like this. Mm -hmm. So, um, and also we have studied that uh, Krishna performs his leelas and he brings all his, his associates with him. Right. And then, uh, I mean, the close associates which we directly, which you refer to as Rupanugas and Ragatnika. Raganugas. Rupanugas is uh, sorry, us, sorry, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, oh, no, Ragatnika. Ragatnika are the eternal associates of the Lord. Uh, Raganugas is what we would hope to be one day, to follow in the footsteps. Anuga means to follow. So, so all the gopis and gopas and, you know, the Vrindavan, Leela, they're all Ragatmika. Ragatmika. That's yeah. right. Mm -hmm. So they, they are performing Leelas. They're there for a reason. Now, talking about material world, seems like uh, to all such personalities, it's all spiritual world, actually. They're directly associating with Krishna and performing in his Leelas. So doesn't and matter if... We are looking at this like a material world, but to them, they are already in spiritual world. Yes, and also they're, they're, they're not, yes, and they are in the spiritual anyway, because they're in Vrindavan. Yeah. 
So, so go loca, go kula, same thing. So at that point, I started to think, yes, from our senses, we are knowing this Vrindavan, which is near Mathura in India, as, you know, a part of material world. But actually, the personalities who are performing in Leelas, they are, even though, you know, they are in spiritual world. But also, our, this Vrindavan is also not part of the material world. Yes. It may seem like it. Yeah, it seems to our senses like yes. that. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. Okay, there was a question, no? You said a comment already, and a question. I already asked the question. I like camouflage. Embedded question. Comments as questions. <laughs> okay, let's move on. You, you, you must really think I'm in Maya. I was thinking we were going to finish the next chapter today. <laughs> that's uh, not going to happen. Um, so we're on uh, 64. My dear Lord, after creating by your own potencies, you enter within the creation in four kinds of forms. Being within the hearts of the living entities, you know them and know how they are enjoying their senses. The so-called happiness of this material creation is exactly like the bee's enjoyment of honey after it has been collected in the honey combs. My dear Lord, your absolute My dear Lord, your absolute authority cannot be directly experienced, but one can guess by seeing the activities of the Lord uh, um, of the world that everything is being destroyed in due course of time. The force of time is very strong, and everything is being destroyed by something else. Just as one animal is being eaten by another animal, time, listen to this, time scatters everything. That's a pretty... Uh, you, med- you can meditate on that for a little while. Time scatters everything, exactly as the wind scatters clouds in the sky. That's a sobering meditation, right? Uh, you know, in, in the Gita, Krishna says, Janma mrityu jaravyadhi, right? Dukkha dosham udarsham, that, uh, that uh, these, the inevitabilities of life, uh, birth, death, disease in old age, or in America we say death and taxes, right? Unless you, well, I don't know, I won't make a political statement, uh, but, uh, right? And uh, we have a doctor, we have a lot of doctors in the back row there, actually, so, right? You know, it's, uh, you know, no one's ever, there's not going to be a time when, okay, so there's no more disease, close all the hospitals, we, you know, Mount Sinai, you know, uh, out of business, you could imagine uh, shingles there, right? Everyone's healthy. Right. No, it's 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 the uh, it's the reality of this world, and it is um, uh, the time factor. Uh, that's one way to look at it. Or kala rupa in Sanskrit, right? That that's uh, and time is such a it's such an interesting. Um, I don't know if we call it element, but uh, uh, it's a, Krishna says in the Gita that uh, that he is time, right? And uh, when you think about it, time just is, it, I always think of it like, if you could think of like toy soldiers that keep marching on, like really slowly, but nothing can stop it, right? Not all the vitamin E in the world, or, you know, right? Or, uh, what's that? Yeah, mountains of kale, yeah, right? Or whatever. It just, it just slowly marches on, you know? And, and we, but the thing about it is we don't notice it. See, that's what's so interesting about time. It, it's in, day by day, right? It, you notice it when you haven't, 
you haven't seen somebody for five years, right? especially a child, right? Like my son just got married uh, a little while ago, right? And I um, showed some people pictures of it who knew him last time they saw him when he was like five. You know, he's, you know, and I was, oh, you know. So that's so the time fact. We don't like notice that our fingernails grew, you know, um, uh, 43 minutes since the class began, right? But they just, in, you know, they just, right? Or that another gray hair appeared. It's, it's a very interesting, because you don't really, uh, day to day, you don't notice it, but only over accumulation of time do you actually see the, the, the time factor um, having, having its effect. Mm. And no one can, you know, no one stops it. Unless, what was that movie? Benjamin Button or something like that? The time went backwards. Anyone saw it? It went backwards. Yeah, well, that's not the normal <laughs> process, right? So time, uh, time marches on. Yeah, uh, and therefore, it, it sh for for a person who's spiritually minded and has some, or actually, a person who has any kind of goals in life. But you know, we're talking about for a spiritualist, they uh, it's a sobering idea sobering thought that I'm so fortunate to, let's say, come in contact with the teachings of the Bhagavad Gita or with Srila Prabhupada, etc. Uh, and let me utilize this time properly. Chanikya Pandit said, right, you can't buy back uh, a minute for all the gold in the world. Right? So a, uh, a real a sadhu, a real person who's really fixed on their spiritual pursuit they, the, the Sanskrit is avyakta kalatvam, that there's these nine, it's very interesting, there's these nine uh, symptoms of bhava, which is like the, the stage just before pure love for Krishna. And they, the, um, they're very practical things, almost like, almost things that you can kind of almost see, because the reason for that is, especially when this was written 500 years ago by Rupa Goswami, there were people who tried to, especially in India, who tried to like imitate love of God. They would even sometimes like put chili, chili powder up their nose that they would start crying and Krishna. And everyone's, oh, they're so advanced, they're crying when they mention the name of Krishna, right? So, you know, sometimes uh, it could, people can, innocent people can be uh, cheated by people faking. But Avyakta Kalatvam is really hard to fake. And that is utilizing all of one's time in Krishna's service. Or sadhanama ruchi is another one, right? Having a real, uh, constantly ch having a taste for chanting Krishna's names. And, and, and there's nine of them like that, that Rupa Goswami states. So time scatters everything uh, exactly as the wind scatters clouds in the sky. Now that could be, that could be, depre uh, de that could be kind of, yeah, depressing or, you know, gosh, you know, right? But if a spiritualist sees that and they understand that I'm eternal, I'm a soul and I have eternal relationship with Krishna, uh, then, you know, this body may come, this body may go, but my uh, bhakti, my devotion for the Lord is, is a permanent asset. Like that. Any thoughts on this? Hare Krishna Prabhu. Yes. In the purport, uh, the scatter term has been... Uh, uh, referred to repeatedly as destruction. Oh yes. Uh, and so uh, I was thinking that. Um, uh, so I was paying attention how you're explaining, like because if I have to ever mention this or explain it to anyone, I wouldn't want to exactly say, uh, you know, 
Times destroys everything. Well, it, it changes everything. Let's it, let's do it this so way. That, Just like yeah. in my work, I do a lot of in my job, my day job, I do a lot of work with change management, right? But actually, there's always change management. I was thinking, uh, especially when he, he said he's from New York. Uh, you know, when I go back to New York, everything's changed. I, I came from a town called Great Neck, and all the stores are changed. And as a kid, I would always go to baseball games at Shea Stadium. There's no more Shea Stadium. There's something called City uh, Park, I think it's called, right? Um, right, uh, you know, and, and, and even I go into Manhattan, uh, and that's, you know, that of course, obviously the Twin Towers aren't there anymore, but, you know, change happens. It, it's just, uh, and you can call it destruction or we can call it change, but it's pretty much the same thing, right? And, uh, you know, where is that 21-year-old body that I had, Right? And, you know, who could play basketball all day long and, you know, run marathons and things like that. Uh, and, you know, it's, 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 it's such a simple, like the simplest part of, our, of, our, of the Bhagavad Gita's philosophy, right? But it's, uh, but in some ways it's so profound, you know, that uh, if, if you showed me a picture, uh, Anandarupa, of uh, yourself when you were 21 years old, and, or let's say, let's say 10 years old, and you would say, here's a picture of me when I were 10. And I would say, that's, how, how can you say that's you? It totally changed, right? You know? And you were, you were 10, you probably couldn't do calculus yet. Then, now you can, or whatever. So the mind's also changed. The body. So what's remained the same? Yeah. And, so I was and you thinking... would say, no, you would be very upset with me after a while. I'd say, no, that is definitely me. <laughs> so then the question was, what's remained the same? And that's what Krishna says is the soul, who we actually are. Yeah. And so I was thinking about relationships. I mean, I was coming to... Ah, uh, okay. I was thinking of relationships, but the, especially the loving relationships, they mature over time, and, you know, we have very uh, good memories about them, but they also go through time, over time. If we give them time and have tolerance, yeah. they also come uh, out beautifully. So. Yeah, yeah. How old are you? Fourteen. So this is like the, you know, the most simplest thing, right? Uh, how... Uh, how old were you 10 years ago? How old were you 12 years ago? How old were you 16 years ago? Oh, yeah? Maybe you were like, you know, in uh, Govardhan Hill, you know, go Ekrupya. No. <laughs> and you, therefore you got born in a devotee family. <laughs> no. But according to the Gita, he was the old, he's probably the oldest one for uh, 16 years ago in this room. Right? Right, Jiva? Okay. So let's move on to the next verse on that note. Now you can put, think about that all day. <laughs> My dear Lord, all the living entities within this material world are mad after planning for things, and they are always busy with the desire to do this or that. That is, that can be due, that is due to uncontrollable greed. The greed for material enjoyment is always existing in the living entity, but your Lordship is always alert, and in due course of time you strike him just as a snake seizes a mouse and very easily swallows him. So here Lord Shiva is giving a, the stark reality of the material world. Yes? My dear Lord, any learned person knows that unless he worships you, his entire life is spoiled. Knowing this, however, knowing this, how could he give up worshiping your lotus feet? Even our father and spiritual master, Lord Brahma, unhesitatingly worshipped you and the 14 manos followed in his footsteps. 
So here's another one uh, from the, in the purport, another one of those nine things that I talked about, the nine uh, um, practical exhibitions of bhava. And one of them here, and, uh, always very eager to serve the Lord faithfully. Samut kanta. Right? And then Prabhupada also, <laughs> this is, although Lord Brahma has a long lifespan, 4,320,000,000 years constitute 12 hours in a day of Brahma. Brahma is afraid of death and consequently engages in the devotional service of the Lord. So he's thinking it's kind of a short time. And we're thinking, God, when is this class going to end? It's, it seems like it's going on forever. <laughs> you know, uh, time, that's the other thing about time that we didn't talk about before. It's relative, right? It, it's, it, we, we all know it's relative, right? If you're doing something that you're really enjoying like anything, and you look at your watch and two hours pass by, right? And if you're really, like, let's say you're in high school or college or whatever, and you're a really, really boring lecture, oh my God, and you look at your watch and only three minutes has passed since the last time you looked at your watch. And it seems like an eternity before this hour is over. Have you ever had a class like that? Yeah? Okay. Maha, have you? Yeah. This one? Uh, <laughs> uh, um, so that means it's relative, right? Because the clock's going at the same speed, right? Of course, Brahma's clock's not going at the same speed. Imagine what one how long it would take to move one second of, in our concept for Lord Brahma's one second. Right? You know that joke, I told that joke, right? Where the, uh, the devotee says, uh, my dear Lord, um, what, what is a billion dollars to you? And the Lord says, a billion dollars is just a little change. And, and uh, what is eternity to you? And he said, eternity is just a moment. Then the, the, the devotee thinks, my dear Lord, could you spare some change? And the Lord says, yes, just one moment. <laughs> so so things, are, uh, things are relative, right? Okay. Um, any thoughts on, on this? Uh, Lord Brahma, yes, Shiva? So you reminded me of one of the, I was reading one of the past time where, event, where Srila Prabhupada, he was addressing and the reporter was saying, you know, about the age gap between Srila Prabhupada and the young disciples who were, yep. you know, very young. And Srila Prabhupada said, what does old mean to you? Mm. And he was very strong with that. And the reporter was, you know, silent. He couldn't, he didn't have an answer. So then Prabhupada said old means one who's close to close death. To death yeah. So can we don't you know who the oldest person right. in a room is. So he yeah. says that, can you say that you will live more than what my span would be? Or who's older? Am I older compared to you? Or you're older compared to me? Didn't have an answer. And yes. another, yeah. So again, old also when you look, even from the bodily perspective is who's more close to death. So you have to also look at it relatively. So the time is relative for individuals. When I was a brahmachari or a monk, I had, you know, we had, I had a locker. Mm -hmm. And in the locker I had a sign as I opened it. Um, you could die at any moment and you're not very advanced. <laughs> was, uh, just like in some, um, yeah, there some Christian monasteries, they have uh, like uh, this 
this you know concept. I don't know if they have like bones or something. They have some, like reminders of death there to make them very sober about it. Now we don't do that in, the, in our temples, of course, but but still, Krishna does say to keep these that birth, death, disease, and old age. You know, dukkha, dosha, nudarshanam. We remember that that's um, the realities of this world. And the realities of this world for a devotee, it's not to get all bummed out, oh my God, I'm going to die. But it's, it's, to be, it's just to serve as an impetus to, um, in our developing our love for Krishna. It's not meant to be a, uh, just like a bummer, so to speak. Some other thoughts? And the Mukhi, any wise words? Wait, microphone for you. I knew you had something wise to say. You had you had wisdom all over your face. Thank you for the appearance on my face. Okay. Uh, so I remember there's a short phrase. It says, "It's a long day, but it's a short life." Ah. Uh. Yes, I told you, I think I once said, right, I, was, I wanted to write a book called uh, uh, Life is Short, but the Days are Long. And the idea is that balance between you actually dealing with the world, you know, uh, the days are long, and being philosophically minded, life is short, and trying to find that, that balance. That's what I'm going to do in my retirement, Krishna willing. Shall we carry on? All right, 68. We we're going to definitely finish this chapter. Uh, only one chapter less than I thought. My dear Lord, all actually learned persons know you as the Supreme Brahman and the Super Soul. Although the entire universe is afraid of Lord Rudra, who ultimately annihilates everything, for the learned devotees, you are the fearless destination for all. And I love this point. Prabhupada says, if one strictly follows the process of devotional service, he has no fear of death. For he is predestined to go back home, back to Godhead. Now isn't that enlivening? Right? We don't think about death so much that when we come to, you know, Bhagavatam class maybe, but, it, you know, it's, it's a fearful situation. Everyone has, no one can avoid it. Right? You know, there's that... Uh, that devotee radio station, they go, extra, extra, read all about it. Death rate, 100%. Right? The guy says, give me that paper. What is this nonsense? He says, no, mister, everybody's got to die. But here, it says that if we follow the process of bhakti, if we develop our love for Krishna, then we actually have no fear. I think we all have this experience sometimes in our life. Right? Haven't we all had the experience that we're really absorbed in Krishna consciousness and, and we just get this realization that nothing else matters? I'm not, I'm not obviously saying that means you, know, you drive through red lights and don't pay your rent you know, you know, or your mortgage. That's not the point, right? But, but you just get this feeling that if I have Krishna, I have everything I need. Yeah, and I think I think we all have that that at least that glimpse of that realization. Uh, so otherwise, we wouldn't be sitting here. Right. So so now the, the the challenge in our life is to have that be less less of a glimpse and more of a 
something that we experience more often and more often and more often as we get older and make advancement. Until, until eventually, um, what is it? That a devotee feels that they're always in the lap of Krishna. He said that when you're in Vrindavan, you're, feeling you're in the lap of Krishna. So we can be in Vrindavan anywhere, right, by remembering Krishna. Is there anything on this, the fear of death and avoiding it by Krishna Smarnam, remembering Krishna? Okay, should we carry on then? My dear sons of the king, so he's addressing the Prachetas, Lord Shiva. You just execute your occupational duty as kings with a pure heart. So that's a instruction for all of us. We, we may not be kings, but whether we're IT professionals or businessmen or businesswomen or, or housewives or house, what is a house husband? Uh, whatever we are, a student, whatever, um, execute that duty with a pure heart. Just chant it, and then he says, just chant this prayer. He's just said this beautiful prayer, the Rudra Gita. Just chant this prayer, fixing your mind on the lotus feet of the Lord. That will bring you all good fortune, for the Lord will be very much pleased with you. Therefore, O sons of the king, the supreme personality of Godhead Hari is situated in everyone's heart. He is also within your hearts. Therefore, chant the glories of the Lord and always meditate upon him continuously. My dear princes, in the form of a prayer, I have delineated the yoga system of chanting the holy name. All of you should take this important stotra within your minds and promise to keep it in order to become great sages. By acting silently like a great sage and by giving attention and reverence, you should practice this method. And Prabhupada writes, we should also take the opportunity in life. So this is, he's telling us. To become as good as a great saint, simply by not talking unnecessarily with unwanted people, persons. We should either talk of Krishna or chant Hare Krishna undeviatingly. This is called Muni Brata. What does Brata mean? Bow, right? And Muni means like a sadhu, a sage, right? The intelligent must the intelligence must be sharp. Uh, samahita Dhyya. Uh, and should always be acting in Krishna consciousness. The words etat abhyasatadrita indicate that if one takes these instructions from a spiritual master with great reverence, adrita, and practices them accordingly, he will find this bhakti yoga process to be very, very easy. So, the... Uh, What we talk about and what we, how we use our power to talk is so important. And usually it's based on first what you hear. Right? If you're, if you're, reading, you know, all, if you're reading all day Politico and let's say you're, you're a uh, non-denominational uh, person, you, you listen to Fox News, you listen to MSNBC, little CNN every now and then, it's not, if that's what your whole day is filled up, what do you think you're going to talk about? Yeah, <laughs> right? what's happening, right? And if you hear about Krishna, and you read the Bhagavad Gita, 
and you hear about, you know, Prabhupada and, and, and et cetera, et cetera, and you chant Krishna's name, what do you think you're going to talk about? No, Politico. No, no. Right, you're going to talk, you're going to, right? So it's, it's, it's easy. What goes in here comes out there. It's, it's, a, it's a pretty straightforward thing. And here Prabhupada is saying how important it is what comes out of our mouths. So that means, you know, and therefore it says, Shravanam Kirtanam Krishna smart, Vishnu Smarnam. That first you're hearing, then you chant Kirtan, and that leads to Smarnam, remembrance. Right? And you can see, you know, I, I, at least for myself, you know, I work in the federal government, and um, because things are so, uh, there's so much animosity in politics today, and that's what people tend to be listening to, they're, they're really kind of bummed out. <laughs> as, as, you know, not, not everything, not, you know, the na they were happy with the Nationals won for a few weeks or whatever, but um, uh, yeah, because that's what's going in the ears so much, you know. And so, it, you know, it's, it can be really, really depressing. <laughs> um, especially if, you know, your team isn't winning, so to speak. Right, then it's even doubly, doubly so. Yeah. So any thoughts on this? Shravanam, Kirtanam, Vishnu, Smarnam? Okay. Nothing? This prayer was first spoken to us by Lord Brahma, the master of all creators. The creator, headed by, the creators headed by Brighu, were instructed in these prayers because they wanted to create. When all the prachetas were ordered to create by Lord Brahma, we chanted these prayers in praise of the Supreme Personality of Godhead and became completely freed from all ignorance. Thus, we were able to create different types of living entities. A devotee of Lord Krishna, whose mind is always absorbed in him, who with great attention and reverence chants this stotra prayer, will achieve the greatest perfection of life without delay. So this is kind of like a shruti fal, the, the fruit the, uh, you get by hearing something. So we've, we've gone through this whole prayer in the last um, few classes. In this material world, there are different types of achievement, but of all of them, the achievement of knowledge is considered to be the highest because one can cross the ocean of nescience only on the boat of knowledge. Otherwise, the ocean is impassable. Such, Prabhupada writes, such ignorance, such ignorance prevails throughout the world. People do not consider how they are risking their lives in an attempt to have illicit sex life, kill animals, to satisfy their tongue, enjoy intoxication, and gamble. It is very regrettable that the leaders of the world do not know of the effects of these sinful activities. They are instead taking things very easily and are succeeding in making the ocean of nescience wider and wider. So that's the unfortunate situation. Although, so we're almost done with this chapter. Although rendering devotional service to the Supreme Personality of Godhead and worshiping, our, worshiping Him are very difficult, if one vibrates or simply reads this prayer composed and sung by me, he will very easily be able to invoke the mercy of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. 
The Supreme Personality of Godhead is the dearmost objective of all auspicious benedictions. A human being who sings this song, sung by me, can please the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Such a devotee, being fixed in the Lord's devotional service, can acquire whatever he wants from the Lord. And I think this is the nope, second to last one. A devotee who rises early in the morning and with folded hands chants these prayers sung by Lord Shiva and gives faculty, facility to others to hear them certainly becomes free from all bondage of fruitive activities. My dear sons of the king, the prayers I have recited to you are meant for pleasing the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the Supersoul. I advise you to recite these prayers which are effective, as effective as great austerities. In this way, when you mature, your life will be successful and you will certainly achieve all your desired objectives without fail. So that's the end of the uh, prayers of Lord Shiva. Yes? Microphone? Prayers that they are referring is something that initially Lord Shiva was glorifying Supreme Lord. Is that the prayers or the whole uh, uh, the whole sequence. It was the whole sequence, yeah, whole as sequence. far as I understand. Okay. Yeah, from uh, first he was talking about the material energy, right? And then devotion and uh, association with devotees. And then, toward, and then what we read earlier today was again about the material world, right, and creation. So the whole, okay. Yeah. You can't go wrong reading the whole thing. Go ahead, read it every day. Sure. <laughs> Other thoughts? It's quite a, it's quite a, Lord Shiva's realizations are powerful and extensive. Shall we begin the next chapter? We still have 21 minutes. I mean, who's counting? But, you know. Okay, so well, the first verse refers back to, I, I was thinking for this chapter, I was, um, uh, wasn't going to go through a lot of purpose. This, this is, uh, but what's what's really interesting anyway we're going to we'll start it in this today is how um Narda is speaking to this king and he's giving him this amazing instruction all through an allegory right all through a uh, yeah a story yeah i don't know when the king realizes that the king in the story is him <laughs> The great sage Maitreya continued speaking to Vidura. My, my dear Vidura, in this way, Lord Shiva uh, instructed the sons of King Bahisat. The sons of the king also worshipped Lord Shiva with great devotion and respect. Finally, Lord Shiva became invisible to the princes. All the Pracheta princes simply stood in the water for 10,000 years and recited the prayers given to them by Lord Shiva. While the princes were undergoing severe austerities in the water, their father was performing different types of fruitive activities, so things for material enjoyment. They were off doing austerities, he was doing that. At this time, the great sage Narda, who seems to always show up in, in different places and different times, isn't it? Um, master and teacher of all spiritual life, became very compassionate upon the king and decided to instruct them about spiritual life. Narada Muni had asked King Parchini Barhisat, My dear king, what do you desire to achieve by performing these fruitive activities? The chief aim of life is to get rid of all miseries and enjoy happiness 
But these two things cannot be realized by fruit of activity. So uh, sometimes, you know, do we, is it clear when we say fruit of activities? Uh, it's, it's a term that we're not, it's not very common in the English language, right? But the idea is that instead of wanting to serve and please God, we want the fruits of our labor for ourselves. That's kind of fruitive, right? So even if one prays to Krishna or prays to Jesus or prays to you know, whoever, um, spiritually, um, let's say, you know, for um, you know, the latest um, S-series, right? Mercedes, right? So that is, so that is uh, fruitive, but it's also, it's not, it's not, it's diff, um, if you were just working hard for that, you know, you have a picture on your wall of the S-series and you put, you know, 50% of your, uh, your uh, salary every week into the bank and, and you know, you, God, you know, not worrying about God at all, but you're just, right, that's, that's totally fruitive, right? That's, you know, but if one is uh, trying to be a devotee, but also wants the S-series and is praying for that, that's uh, like karma, mishra, but, you know, there's some connection with, with the Lord, and that's good, but it's sometimes seen as like karma yoga. You're doing it, you're worshiping God or praying to Him for that material result. That's better than nothing, right? Chatur vidha bhajantaimam jana sukriti norjuna. That Krishna says that four kinds of people begin to approach me. And one is the desire of wealth or the desire of the S-series Mercedes. Uh, right? One is the person in misery. Right? They, you know, they're whatever. They're, uh, um, they're, they're growing children won't talk to them. Okay, they're miserable. Right? Something like that. Uh, one is just kind of inquisitive about the world, and one is actually searching for the absolute truth. That's the most the highest of those four, right? But still, they're all even the person who say, you know, oh Lord, give me that. You know, Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? That's a song from Janis Joplin in the '60s. Um, uh, they're still called Sukritina, which means there's some piety there. So, um, but here he's saying, you know, but but. So there's different levels. So, so someone who's trying to help someone come to the next level, they see someone praying for the S-series and say, well, you know what? There's something a lot better than that. There's a loving relationship with Krishna. So that's what Narada Muni, in several chapters, and, and doing it in this way, and that way, and this way, and that way, is going to convince uh, King Prachini Barisat and hopefully convince us also in that process. Right? So that's, why that's what he means by fruitive activities, wanting the fruit ourselves. Whereas what a devotee tries to do, they get these fruits and then they offer them at Krishna's lotus feet. Uh, the king replied, O oh, great soul, Narda, my intelligence is entangled in fruitive activities. Therefore I do not know the ultimate goal of life. Kindly instruct me in pure knowledge so that I can get out of the entanglement of fruitive activities. Those who are interested only in a so-called beautiful life, namely remaining as a householder entangled by sons and a wife and searching after wealth, think of such things as life's ultimate goal. Such people simply wander in different types of bodies throughout this material existence without finding the ultimate goal of life. So it's sometimes interesting, isn't it? That So you think, you know, we, we understand that he's kind of in Maya, but how he's, he's saying all this great philosophy there, right? 
he's kind of understands, but he can't. He's kind of saying, "I know I'm not doing the right thing, but I can't get out of it by myself." And is that also our situation? So he goes up to Narada and says, please instruct me. The great saint Narada said, O ruler of the citizens, my dear king, please see in the sky those animals which you have sacrificed without compassion and without mercy in the sacrificial arena. So sometimes in, in bygone days, right, um, as in biblical, biblical times, sometimes some of the fruitive activities included animal sacrifices. And here... Um, Narada is not uh, is showing him how it's not a very good idea, <laughs> to say the least. All these animals are awaiting your death so that they can avenge the injuries you have inflicted upon them. After you die, they will angrily pierce your body with iron horns. In the is it this purport? One of these purports, Sheila Prabhupada talks about how this is one of the main reasons for Lord Buddha. Uh, coming as an incarnation, right, to teach ahimsa or nonviolence and not and compassion for animals. In this connection, I wish to narrate an old history connected with the character of a king called Paranjana. Please try to hear me with great attention. So now he's changing the subject and he's going to start this. Several chapters uh, cover this point, this this story. Um, and so Prabhupada writes in the purport so it's kind of good so we know the background for the next few weeks right? that the great sage Narada Muni turned towards another topic the history of King Paranjana this is nothing but the history of King Prachini Barhisat the king he's talking to told in a different way right? it's kind of like well, it's not exactly like that but you know, the, is it a Bengal? I don't know if anyone here from Bengal, or if is it a Hindi saying, where you, they say that you um, in, in India sometimes you will uh, teach the daughter-in-law by teaching the daughter, or chastise the daughter-in-law by chastising the daughter, right? Right, because because you know the new daughter-in-law, the relationship isn't very you know sweet yet, and so you don't you you know the father's not going to say you should do like this. But he turns to the uh, to the to his daughter, who's he's known from birth, and says, "No, no, you shouldn't cook like that. You have to do like this. You know, it's very bad." And of course, it's meant for <laughs> the daughter-in-law, right? And we, we, you know, we sometimes I think we sometimes do that. Where uh, sometimes, if I'm like, you know, have a book table someplace, and and and, and someone's uh, talking to me, and they're asking you know questions that aren't even that that great. But I'm not really speaking, and they don't seem to really care about the answer either, right? But I'm not really speaking to that person. I'm speaking to all the other people who are gathered around and are listening to the answer, right? And also noticing how I'm going to behave towards a person who maybe has a little animosity, right? Like that. So here, he's, uh, he's uh, so the word paranjana means one who enjoys in a, in a body, and this is clearly explained in the next few chapters. Because a person entangled in material activities wants to hear stories of material activities, Narada Muni turned to the topics of King Paranjana, who was none other than King Prachini Barhisat. Narada Muni did not directly deprecate the value... Oh, and then he goes on to so many other things. Um, 
So that's what's going on here. This whole story is really about the person he's actually seen. But no, I'm going to tell you about an old story. Right? We, we sometimes do that. No, you know, I, I, had, a, I had a friend who was in a similar situation. You know, <laughs> or we just say, no, I have a friend who, and we're really talking to that person. So it's kind of an uh, indirect way. Some, any thoughts on this? Okay. Um, my dear king, one, once in the, past, in the past lived a king named Paranjana, who was celebrated for his great activities. He had a friend named Avigyata, the unknown one. No one could understand the activities of Avigyata. So who's Avigyata? The super soul, right? The unknown friend. King Paranjana began to search for a suitable, suitable place to live, and thus he traveled all over the world. Even after a great deal of traveling, he could not find a place just to his liking. Finally, he became morose and disappointed. It is the super soul, am I correct? Right? Yes, okay. Um, next verse. King Paranjana had unlimited desires for sense enjoyment. Consequently, he traveled all over the world to find a place where all his desires could be fulfilled. Unfortunately, he found a feeling of insufficiency everywhere. That's kind of like what we were talking about earlier, the fish out of water. Right? You know, you're looking for happiness everywhere, and it just seems to be just beyond your grasp. Right? And that's what's happening with King Paranjana. Once while wandering in this way, he saw on the southern side of the Himalayas, in a place named Bharatvarsh, a city that had nine gates all, all about and was characterized by all auspicious faculties. What has nine gates? <laughs> Siri wants to know also. <laughs> okay, so what are the nine gates? Two eyes. Two nostrils, yeah, okay. Two, ear, two ears. Mouth. Genitals. And rectum. So, nine, so, the, so the, the nine gates, he's talking about the material body. So we don't think about that too much. We look in the mirror and say, oh, that's, my gates are doing okay today. Right? <laughs> you know, it's not uh, our normal, uh, but that's, what, that's what's in one sense going on. Sometimes the, the Bhagavatam doesn't speak um, in non-sentimental ways. <laughs> that city was surrounded by walls and parks, and within it were towers, canals, windows, and outlets. The houses there were decorated with domes made of gold, silver, and iron. So this is all an, um, an, not, not analogy, an allegory. Is that right? That's... Yeah, maybe okay. Whatever it is, I know I always get analogy and metaphor a little mixed up. But listen, hear the explanation. The body is protected by walls of skin. So the walls in this. Hare Krishna, Jai Sisi Purnitai, Sita Ram Lakshman Hanuman, Shishi Radha Ki Jai. So the body is protected by the walls of skin. The hairs on the body are compared to parks. And the highest parts of the body, like the nose and head, are compared to towers. The wrinkles and depressions on different parts of the body are compared to trenches or canals. The eyes are compared to windows, and the eyelids are compared to protective gates. 
the three types of metal, gold, silver, and iron, are the three modes of material nature. Gold represents goodness, silver, passion, and iron, ignorance. The body is also sometimes considered to be a bag containing three elements, tridatu, uh, mucus, bile, and air, kapa, bata, uh, kapa pitta, vayu. Yasyatma buddhi kunape tridhatu ke. According to Bhagavatam, one who considers this bag of mucus, bile, and air to be the self is considered no better than a cow or an ass. So when we greet, now when devotees greet each other, instead of saying, how are you, Prabhu? We should say, how is your mucus, bile, and air doing today? <laughs> well, fine, and how's your mucus, bile, and air? <laughs> right. But... Uh, but it's, you know, it's, it's like I said, uh, sometimes non-sentimental. But if anyone here is in the medical profession, they know that this is actually the reality. You know? Although, although what's interesting is, you know, mucus, bile, and air are not very attractive things, right? Um, but uh, if you think of the, the worst, the ugliest part of our body... Any ideas? The mind. Very good. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's probably the ugliest part. <laughs> Unless we're thinking of Krishna. Or doing good for others. Or in that. The floors of the houses uh, in that city were made of sapphire, crystal, diamonds, pearls, emeralds, and rubies. Uh, you can imagine King Parchini Barisan. What are these talking about, right? Because of the luster of the houses in the capital, the city was compared to a celestial town named Bhogavati. So the, in the city, the heart is considered to be the capital. In that city, uh, there were many assembly houses, street crossings, streets, restaurants, gambling houses, markets, resting places, flags, festoons, and beautiful parks. All these surrounded the city. And here it says the heart of the body can be compared to the assembly house. On, on the outskirts of that city were many beautiful trees and creepers encircling a nice lake. Also surrounding that lake were many groups of birds and bees that were always chanting and humming. Um, and it says here, of the various parts of the bodies, those which incite sexual impulse are referred to here indirectly. The branches of the trees standing on the bank of the lake re, uh, receive particles of water carried by the spring air from the falls coming down from the icy mountains. And here the waterfall represents relationships, rasa. In such uh, an atmosphere, even the animals of the forest became non-violent and non-envious like great sages. Consequently, the animals did not attack anyone. Over and above everything was the cooing of the chukus. Any passenger passing along that path was invited by that atmosphere to take rest in that nice park. And it says here, a peaceful family with wife and children is compared to the peaceful atmosphere of the forest. So who has a forest, peaceful atmosphere like a forest in your family? No one's raising their hands. <laughs> well, one last one. While wandering here and there in that wonderful garden, 
King Parajan suddenly, suddenly came in contact with a very beautiful woman who was walking there without any engagement. She had ten servants with her, and each servant had hundreds of wives accompanying him. And here it says that the intelligence influences the mind, and the mind is controlled by the ten senses. So the ten servants are the ten senses. So we'll hear more about this, but we're not...